0: Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for your company for Pass the Post, September 17. And now thanks to Archer Park Racing. Of course, their website, archerparkracing.com.au. They got started early yesterday with Sebring Girl winning the first race at Eagle Farm. So congratulations to all of the connections and to Stewie Kendrick. Ben Dorries joins me in the studio. You said I'm going to fire you up this morning. What's wrong with you?
1: I'm just getting hammered by my kids at the moment. My son's uh, turned four on Friday with a mother-in-law in in town as well. It's all happening. Yeah, the boys are a bit sick and uh, no point in whinging. But let's just say sleep isn't really um, a great (laughs) friend of mine at the moment. So uh, anything you can do, I've already had about... 12 coffee so just give me a kick in the ribs and fire me up
0: i'll do my best uh plenty happening of course as is always the case uh, we have the group one Mackay diva no surprises here with mr brightside winning again we'll listen to that race very shortly we'll try and have a chat with will hayes as well uh of course we had queensland representation at flemington yesterday and uh not the results we wanted and tino we'll talk about him later skirt the law was was honest uh, App And Girl didn't even get to the post. She was scratched to the barrier and start Ace was never a factor. So a bit to discuss out of Flemington. Of course, at Royal Randwick, had a great finish to the seven stakes with thinking over, lunging at Zaki. It was a ripper. And we'll chat with Kerry Parker. Joe Pride staked his claim to have two Everest runners. He's already got to one and of course. Uh, uh, think about it. But Private, I certainly staked the claim that will almost certainly be in the, the big sprint in a month's time, Joe Pride and Kerry Parker, part of the team, they had a good meeting at Eagle Farm yesterday. What was your highlight? Well, I suppose you won money, that was a highlight.
1: Well, yeah, it was. Oh, look, I think we can call this the day of Willow, the day of Craig Williams. He's had a very, very interesting week, which we'll talk about on uh, more on Press Room tomorrow. But obviously, um, taken off uh, Giga Kick, a story I actually revealed on um, late Friday afternoon, a story that had been coming and bubbling along in the background there for a while, but... Look, he was front and centre. Uh, people were, were wanting to see how he'd react. I mean, it's a pretty big sacking to be, you know, after you've won a, a, you know, an Everest on a horse. But got an early uh, winner and then obviously got the money on Mr Brightside. And I, I must admit, and we'll talk about this further tomorrow, I've got mixed feelings on it, um, the sacking that is. But I thought he conducted himself incredibly well yesterday, said all the right
0: things and, and did all the right things. Which which you would expect of the man. Yeah, more about that tomorrow. But let's go to the, the Maccabi Diva Mr. Bryant said he's got a wonderful record of the mile. He was the $1.85 favourite
2: that's the order in the group, one at the 700 metres it's Alligator Blood, Damien Oliver looking to win the race for the 6th time Princess Grace just getting a bit closer now Mr Brightside's a length and a half off those from Ozopenko Francesco Guardi 3 deep and then came Aegon Spanish Mission, around the turn at the 450 and it's Alligator Blood held together, Princess Grace not far away, a neck away Mr Brightside tanking up a length away it's the race we wanted, 300 to go Alligator Blood lets down now Mr Brightside williams hasn't moved alligator blood joined by mr brightside who lets rip at the 150. mr brightside three quarters a length alligator blood and comes clear mr brightside a mile marvel what a performance won it by a length and a half alligator blood ozapenko and then came princess grace next to finish in the contest was francesco guardi then came agon and spanish mission
0: he just idled along in, to use a trotting term, a one-out, one-back position, presented at the right time. It was a dawdling affair. They ran overall one thirty-seven forty four, home in 33.47. Will Hayes is joining us as part of the training partnership. Will, good morning.
3: morning. Thank you very much for having me.
0: I'm starting to think we may as well just pre-record these interviews and, have, and, and do them because he <laughs> just seems to win every start. I don't know what more we can say.
3: Oh, he's a true marvel. And we're just lucky to have him. Honestly, he's um, yeah, he's one. He's
1: a generational horse. That's for sure. More about the horse in a minute. I'm really interested uh, whether you put a, a set of uh, blinkers and a and a curfew on JD Hayes last night. Given, I gather, Will, you've busted your ankle, uh, you won't be playing <laughs> for your rower today. You'll be coaching them, <laughs> but JD will be playing. So, did you did you manage to muzzle him last night? Did you get him aimed to bed early for the for the big game today?
3: Yeah, can confirm he was well behaved. So, yeah. <laughs> it's no, unusual. As his coach, I'll, I'll make sure he's up to the mark today, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: well, just some, uh, for our listeners and, and for you as well, just some stats about how wonderful this horse's record is. And, you know, the, the story ain't over yet. He's earned around $9.2 million in prize money. He's won 14 of his 26 starts, four group ones, a host of other black type races, and an all star mile. But the, the stat that strikes me uh, as most impressive and most striking. He's had uh, f- ten of his fourteen wins have been at the mile, so I think Matt Hill described it very accurately when he called him a mile marvel because that is a, a, an outstanding record.
3: Yeah, he's he's just simply incredible, and he's the the way that he's done it too. He's an absolute journeyman. Like he he didn't notch up that picket fence just from the get go. Like he he uh, he was a trade horse from New Zealand and um, went through the grades and everything like that. And, um, yeah, just just. What's, what he's doing at the mile now is pretty special, but given just the the class that he's showing um, at the grade of racing now, um, there's no reason why we don't think he could get a little bit further. But as you pointed out quite clearly, he's um, that 1,600 metre suits him right down to the tee.
1: Well, I haven't had a chance to watch the head-on replay yet, but others who have told me that, that Craig Williams didn't even touch the whip once. Is that is that right? Yeah. No, um, Craig was quite easy on him. He, he um,
3: coasted up on him and let down um, just under his own steam. But you you do get that with champions. They know what they're doing. And um, to be honest, I don't really need much encouragement for them to be running at their top.
0: Craig Williams has an excellent association with this horse. Uh, As you'd be well aware that it's been a tough week for him, but in true Willow's style, he handled himself impeccably. Uh, You as a family too are very close to Craig Williams. So you obviously um, felt for him this week and, uh, you know, Lot of responsibility, riding an odds-on favourite of a Group One race, but uh, he handled it to perfection, and, and his manner, his demeanour, has really been exemplary. I feel.
3: Uh, he's just a he's just a true professional, and as you said, it's he just handled it in classic Craig style. He um he just really lets his riding do the talking, and he handled himself with grace, and it, it just really gave us great pleasure to see him um come out with the with the success that he has because um he's piloted Brightside um. Terrifically, every start he's been on him. And um, he uh, handles himself with grace and he—he he, uh, it was a it was a real thrill to see him um, battle through that resilience like he always does.
1: So things only obviously get tougher from, from here, I guess. The, the King Charles stakes, I'm assuming, would be on the agenda and potentially a Cox Plate as well?
3: Yeah, yeah. So we're definitely going to, a um, month between runs to get to the King Charles. Um, so we'll get him back up the farm and out in the day paddocks and freshen him up and just... Um, Kick him over like we normally do, and then if all goes to the plan, um, all goes to plan, we'll head on down back down for the Cox Plate. So it's pretty exciting to think that we have those options, and um, yeah, consider ourselves very lucky.
0: Ben said that it, it gets harder from here, but in one way, when you really start to think about it, and, and uh, I know you don't want to, you know, put the mock on yourself. Does it doesn't really get harder with this King Charles? Because I mean, who's going to beat Mister Brightside at for at a mile? In the the vein of form, the rich vein of form that he's in, and we know, of course, he loves Randwick as well. No,
3: uh, yeah, he's got a he's got a great record up there. But um, yeah, I'm definitely been I've been, I haven't been racing in racing long as a trainer, but I've been around it my whole life, and I know these group ones. You certainly don't take it for granted. Mm. It's never easy. So he um, he'll definitely be putting his um, best foot forward when he gets up there, and. Um, Yeah, let's just hope he can keep making it look as laconic as he does.
1: He's obviously the flag bearer for Lindsay Park at the moment, uh, Will. But is there another horse that um, our listeners can can really keep an eye on as as the the spring gets deeper? Obviously, you've got a few uh, entries there in the Caulfield Guineas, including Little little Bros.
3: Yeah, I think Little Bros is tracking the right way. I think um, as he gets out in distance now, he's only going to get more dangerous. So I think... uh, He's going to get a few gear changes as well and um, we might see the best of him as he starts to get out in distance as an older horse. So he's definitely one for the listeners to keep an eye on and, um, yeah, he's, uh, we've got an exciting team going into the spring.
0: Thanks for being with us this morning, Will. Obbons and upwards, he's flying, Mr. Brightside, and uh, the stable are doing a great job with him. Thank
3: you very much. We're lucky to have him. Appreciate it.
0: There he is. Will Hayes joining us, uh, of course, part of the training partnership with Ben and JD. The thing about this horse, Ben, let's just put aside the hard, cold facts of racing. This is a horse who's a popular horse for the punters because uh, he wins more than he loses, and, and he's often the favourite. He's got a catchy name. He's got a team of boys tra- training him that are uh, uh, clean cut, well mannered. You know, the the, the, the history the history with the family goes back decades. Uh, Williams is generally a popular jockey, so it's every time this horse races, it's a real sort of feel good moment, isn't
1: it? Yeah, absolutely. I tell you. Um, Something interesting out of this race. What do we do with Alligator Blood now? I mean, look, he he ran solidly, but, I mean, the last... Just counting him up, the last four times he's faced off against Mr. Brightside, he's been beaten. Mm. He obviously beat Mr. Brightside in the Futurity, um, you know, in February. But, look, I mean, it wasn't a poor run by any means, but how does Alligator Blood sort of... What do we do with him now? I mean, he had every possible, really, leading them up, didn't he? Mm. And I just... I must admit, I, given the run that he had, I thought he would be a bit tougher to get past than what he was. But maybe we're still underrating Mr. Brightside a bit. I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: yeah you look at those um, sectionals. I think um, uh, Ollie really set up shop. He went 12.35, 12.56, 12.5. So there were three 200-metre uh, sections there that... He was running very pedestrianly. Then he upped it to 11.84. Then he really got on the bike 11.15. And between the 400 and the 200, that's when it was handlebars down. 10.88. Mr. Brightside chasing after Alligator Blood. They finished off 11.41. I think Alligator Blood finds himself like many top-line horses do. It's quite strange, isn't it? You get to the top of the tree, but there's nowhere to hide then. you can't And you can't go backwards. But if you're not the best, you've got to... Be content with being second or third best, and who's, that's not to say that Alligator Blood won't be winning again. Um, but I, I think often in, at the, the top of the tree, there's not a lot between them. Um, luck plays an important part. Uh, you know, Barry draws tempo, but I think at the moment, that's why I've, I think, as far as the the King Charles race is concerned, you know, I, again I put the question: Who's going to beat Mr. Brightside? Well, potentially, Emilius Jewel. Oh no. no. You don't think so? No, I don't. No, I don't. We'll come to her very shortly. Not at this stage. Not at this stage. Um, so, I mean,
1: look, she may not go there. I reckon she will. I reckon mm. she'll end up in – she'll run in the stock stakes and and then probably end up in Sydney on a Golden Eagle path mm. rather than the Cox Plate path. Uh, but well, I, I've got to say – it's,
0: it's too hard to ignore well, you, so I would agree with you there. Well, there's only upside with her, isn't there? I mean, yeah, we, don't know where the ceiling, we don't know where the ceiling is. 100%. Uh, and, of course, with Mr Brightside, too, all bases are covered. It doesn't matter if it's the, the Melbourne way of going or the Sydney way of going. It doesn't matter if it's wet or dry. But one thing uh, that just can't be ignored, I just think it's a wonderful stat, 14 wins, 10 of them at the mile. The other thing, too, is – and I was thinking about this coming coming in this morning uh, – milers, you know, really good milers – It's not as sexy or as glamorous, is it, in our whole sphere of racing. like There's such emphasis on sprint races like the Everest and, you know, uh, two-year-old racing. There's great emphasis on the big staying races, you know, the Melbourne Cup and the Cox Plate 2,000 metres, the Queen Elizabeth 2,000 metres. The mile horses probably don't get the recognition they deserve, but he certainly is the best miler I've seen for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, and I guess backing up what you said about the, the King Charles, that new race, which is a month yesterday, uh, just having a look at the tab odds, uh, Mr Brightside's a $2.80 favourite. Light Infantry, uh, which I think Zach Purton's coming out to ride. I'm not sure if it's in that race, but Zach Purton's definitely looking with that horse. Is $6.00, Fangirl, $7.00, and then My Little Darling Amelia's Jewel at $9.00, and Think It
0: Over, uh, at $9.00 as well. Yeah, we're we'll coming to a few of these in just a moment, but there it was. Um... Yeah. Alligator Blood, we've discussed. Princess Grace, I thought, was disappointing because she had a very soft run. And uh, just when I expected her to to spread with Alligator Blood, she went in the opposite direction.
1: Yeah. Um, she, Gee, she started short, didn't she? $5.50 taking on Mr. Brightside and Alligator Blood. But I guess, um, you know, she had put the writing on the wall. There was potentially something there. But as you say, pretty disappointing yesterday.
0: Let's go to the Let's elope. We're talking about Amelia's jewel. So she was first up her WA record imposing... Seven wins from nine starts and she went to the post as the $1.95 favourite.
2: Amelia's Jewel has the back of cast, is about three back on that three wide train, and has about eight links to pick up from on Club and Shuffle Dancer. Wrote to Arataki into the running at the 450 from Pride of Jenny. Torragine wants to lug out. Life lessons the outside. El patroness is darting back over on the far side. Where's Amelia's Jewel? Lane hasn't pushed the button yet, and she's running on. Life lessons at the clock tower took the front. Here's Amelia's Jewel about to let down hands and heels. Amelia's Jewel up to life lessons. Who fights? Amelia's Jewel and neck, a half life lessons. Too good! Too good! Amelia's Jewel a length life lessons. Third in the race, El Patroness. They were followed by a photo cast. See you in heaven. Pride of Jenny next. And then came Papillon Club. Papali, Foxy, Frida. Well back, Elusive Express. Shuffle Dancer, wrote to Arataki, Tora Jean, and Sparkle.
0: So the record goes to eight wins from ten starts. and... Uh, I think I read a report this morning. I thought it summed it up perfectly, uh, describing the win. No more, no less. Yeah, she
1: just did what she had to, didn't she? However, I would say I thought before this race, I thought she'd win. But just the way – I mean, look, there was no savage bias or anything like that. But I I did think it was an advantage generally in the earlier races to sort of be – uh, near the fence, up near the speed somewhere. So I just sort of thought from, I mean, clearly she was going to be back anyway in barrier 14. I thought, you know, she's going to have to be good, and she was a fair way off them. So, uh, look, she's too good for this mob, really, mm. wasn't she? W- what did it tell us? Uh, well, I'm not sure. What did, it, <laughs> what I'm not did sure. it tell us? I'm not sure. I mean, she she probably didn't. I mean, if she'd have won by five lengths, we'd all be going, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. If she'd have got beaten, we'd be going, uh-oh. Uh oh, but she just did what she had to. Uh, but bear in mind, she's you know first up over fourteen hundred meters, first time to Melbourne. I mean, just just ticked all the boxes and did what she had to.
0: Everything was everything was basically right for her yesterday, except for that barrier. So you you knew she'd be in the back of the bus or the second half of the field. Well, she generally is, so that that was no surprise. So probably the alley didn't mean a lot, but she had the the right opposition. Uh, she's a gun first up. She's a gun anyway, but she she always wins first up. Pace was genuine for her. They 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 ran it at a, a genuine tempo. The only thing I'll say is, and, and again, the putters have collected. They've all gone home happy. She's on the on the right path. It's not going to certainly in this case. It's not going to get any easier. I just saw when she went to life lessons, she might have put it away a bit with a bit more authority.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. One interesting thing though, I saw David Gately, uh, who I respect as a form judge on on Sky Racing, give Life Lessons, Um, he went out at $31, a really good push, and suggest that Life Lessons was was arguably one of the better, if not the best roughy of the day. So I guess um, if you take that into consideration, it might have been better than it looked. One thing we should say about this horse, she could potentially, I reckon, become one of these horses that does transcend racing a bit. I mean, she's already got sort of rock star status in Mm. some sections of Australia, probably not on the eastern seaboard. But I heard during the week Simon Miller saying that there's someone that's named their, their newborn daughter Amelia after Amelia's jewel, for instance. Uh and she's got a real cult following. Um yeah. certainly in Western Australia, that um that'll be interesting to keep a watch on because she's the sort of horse if we is if she's as good as we think she could be, she will bring people through the gates of racing and get more eyeballs on the T V this spring.
0: I think it's fair to say here on the Eastern Seaboard we've observed but we haven't probably fully understood her presence because, you know, it's a long way away, tyranny of distance. But she's certainly making her presence felt now if uh, yesterday was an indication. And, yes, that path looks likely Stocks, King Charles and uh, Golden Eagle. Let's go to the Cup on Huge field here. Was to be 20, was 19 with Appen girls scratched at the gates. And Queensland provided the favourite, skirt the law at $4.40.
2: So it's towards the outside where She's All Shenanigans is the leader from Show Royale, Shiva, Tis Enough, and Skirt the Law. Then Fragile Love and Estriella over towards the middle from Celestial Storm, and then Sicilian Under Pressure, Steel City behind those from Catahoula, Hell Queen, and behind them Rose of Shalar. It's Estriella stoking up up the middle with Shiva, She's All Shenanigans together, Hell Queen running on, Skirt the Law under pressure, and then Stretton Angel the outside. She's All Shenanigans is in front from Skirt the Law, Stretton Angel. She's All Shenanigans is holding on and She's All Shenanigans has won it from Stretton Angel Skirt. The Laura Leak that a half away third. Princess Dewhullo finished the race off followed by Catahoula Rose of Shalaf, Fragile Love. Then Estriella and Salter and Picky, followed by Hell Queen. Next to finish of the race Dubanenko in company then with uh, Claymore Mine and the club Silks and then well back in the field Steel City got tied Shiva Show Royale. Tis Enough Celestial Storm pulls up amongst the tail enders quickly.
0: There were a million of them there, but she's all shenanigans. Came home first. a filly with a tidy record. Simon Zara trains Blake McDougall ride. She was second up yesterday. Gave bookies a result of $26. Skirt the law was in the right position to win. She wasn't quite good enough. I think Tony Gollum might have been, and I haven't spoken to him, might have been a touch disappointed because he went into yesterday's race and he mentioned on radio yesterday that he felt Skirt the law would present as a better horse. I imagine being a fitter horse. Out of the in the race that Charmstone beat Skirt the Law at Caulfield, and when you consider Charmstone has won again since, and Tony believes Skirt the Law was better going to yesterday, he probably thought at the hundred metres she's there to to win, but she didn't. Well, it's interesting too, isn't it?
1: From a look, I mean the the. Dream, and it would be a massive dream, would be a cool, more Stud Stakes for, for her. Mm. But you've got to say, uh, yesterday, down the straight, um, just look to me, um, again, well, I haven't spoken to Tony, just a little bit lost, perhaps. But, I mean, they're harder to pick than a broken nose, these races, aren't they, down the straight? I mean, you, you find the right bit of the track, you've, the pace, the, you know, you, they're, they're just coming from everywhere. So, I mean, like, to be honest, I mean, you could probably run that race 10 times and get eight or nine different winners, I reckon. They, they can be a bit of a lottery. And, it, look, it's not like she ran 10th or something. I mean, she ran a pretty good third. I thought Ryan Maloney's ride was perfect, really. Good. From yeah. that, from that, Barry got a beautiful card up into the race. He couldn't have done any more.
0: I don't think it's any... At Flemington at any time, it's any disadvantage to be coming down the outside, so...
1: Yeah, interesting, though. I thought the inside was an advantage generally yesterday. Um, not in all races, but, but it, it certainly... You know, I don't think it was a disadvantage to be on the inside yesterday, put it that way. We're
0: going to talk more about straight track racing in Flemington with this next replay. And this was a very good win for a number of reasons. But let's listen to it first. This is the the Bobby Lewis and Star Patrol is the winner. But the favourite was the very good Mayor Benedetta at $2.60.
2: 600 metres to go, Najem Sahail by itself over on the flat side, led from Snapper Star Patrol and their 4 lengths King of Sparta, followed by Benedetta Charterhouse Sutori It's Our Time, Mince Moment and Star Tontes, 350 metres to go, Najem Sahail with Star Patrol, Their worlds apart, Star Patrol hits the front and then came Benedetta and behind them King of Sparta, Star Patrol, 150 metres to go, King of Sparta is finishing hard, Star Patrol, King of Sparta's trying to mow it down with Benedetta. Still Star Patrol, 50 metres to go. King of Sparta's going to have a crack late with Benedetta. Photo finish, Star Patrol. Star Patrol beat King of Sparta, Benedetta. Then came a gap to Charterhouse with Zutori. mince moment. It's our time. Najem Sahail got the stitch start. Tontes was well back in a long gap to Snapper.
0: Most trainers uh, or jockeys will tell you that uh, riding the straight at Flemington, having cover's the most important thing to just be tucked in behind the speed. This didn't happen for Star Patrol. He was out there by himself. Uh, you had uh, Najim Sahail to the inside, running it fast, Snapper by himself and Star Patrol by himself. And so, one, he, he's facing the breeze directly, but two, they were going at a very strong gallop, but he's been able to sustain that for the entire race... Survived a protest from King of Sparta. That was a very good win, though. Very good. Uh, win.
1: Yeah. It, gee whiz, it was a weird and wacky race, wasn't it? That Na- Najim Sahar, I think they thought it was a 650 metre. Where, where do they run those little short course things over in America? Arlington or somewhere like that? You know, those little... Los Alamitos. That's it, Los Alamitos. How do you know that? Los Alamitos. Have no, you had a bet there? No, but <laughs> I've
0: just watched them.
1: But, uh, look, Thomas Stockdale just simply couldn't control regime Sahal. And it just, you know, it was a, quite a breathtaking spectacle, really, just watching the race. But, look, it was a fair enough, uh, I thought, from Blake Shin to Lob's an objection. When I saw it, I thought this is a million to one um, to be upheld. Having said that, King of Sparta, oh, I think there was, there was extra... Uh, gravitas to the wind because King of Sparta in the last hundred metres and did cop a little bit of interference, but it looked like it was jet propelled, and then you just sort of thought, whoosh, this thing's going to go straight past it. And then Star Patrol uh, laid in obviously, but saw it coming and just found oh, I wouldn't say another gear. Well, it was it was out of petrol tickets at the end, but just found enough to win. So I thought it was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, he he was entirely get uh, tied Star Patrol. They, the sections they ran early, in fact, the l- slowest section was understandably the last one, the last 200. They were all out on their feet, 12.64. So he was uh, rolling in because he was getting tired. But uh, uh, as stewards observed um, uh, the, with the margin and watching the race, they didn't think the, the objection could be upheld. Just
1: looking at the stewards report, they reported that Najim Sahal um, had a uh, very slow post-race recovery. And As i said, yes, the punters who backed that horse did, that was uh, really wild and wacky stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Let's go to the last of our replays from Flemington yesterday. It was earlier in the day. This was the Sofitel at listed level, and all eyes from Queensland were on Antino. We hadn't seen him since the Carnival. He went into this race, the winner of eight of his nine starts, and he was the $2.10 favourite
2: climbing star from superior Antino. the gap appears up on the inside breathe in or didn't quite get through got checked detonator jack's about to push the button umgawa and nicolini Vito from a long way back with kalino detonator jack umgawa at the clock tower followed by kalino right down the outside then antino trying to pick itself up again kalino moves up to a wall takes the lead from detonator jack Colino's too good Colino just won from a photo umgawa detonator jack or antino it was a bad watch. They were followed by Party Princess, Nicolini, Vito, Superium, Blowin and Climbing Star.
0: Well, last week, um, all the discussion was about Craig Williams' ride on Giga Kick. I'm not saying that uh, Jimmy Orman's ride on Antino created such a big discussion, but because he's a Queenslander, Orman and the horse and the trainer, it probably created uh, uh, a lot of discussion at Eagle Farm and around pubs and clubs in Queensland. Uh, the general consensus, and I think even maybe from the jockeys, is that... Is that Uh, maybe he should have held the front rather than take a sit.
1: Yeah, I reckon so. I mean, I've never ridden a horse, so what would I know? But, look, I I think if he had have kicked up a little bit, even if he didn't lead, just to make the horse coming across him uh, work a little bit more, put a bit more speed into the race potentially, and then maybe things open up for him better. But, look, I, I think... The bottom line is w- whatever you take out of the ride and whatever there is, p- absolutely zero doubt that Antino should have won that race. I heard that again we, David Gately say on Sky he should have won by 17 lengths. I think that might be overstating it a bit, but Slightly. but look, um, very very good horse. I reckon. Uh, I reckon probably we've we've. Maybe underrated him. Uh, he did obviously ran, run fourth here. But I, I gather that Tony Golland's phone was just beep, 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 beep with managers mm. uh, pretty quickly. Uh, very good jockeys trying to get on board this horse. So looked at Turak. Uh, the group One Turak's his goal. I suppose if you're going to have something like that happen, you'd prefer it, um, you know, first up in the listed race when rather than a group, yeah. group one or a group two. But it But it was an opportunity lost, wasn't it? it
0: a hundred percent. That's 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 a, that's a great um, observation. I've got a couple of observations about Antino. Firstly, does still have this habit of not being, you know, well away. Uh, missed the start slightly. Then he drove up, and and you know, a, again, I agree with you. If you're not a jockey, it's a matter. It's a split second decision. Do I hold front? But there was pressure. Are they. You look at the sectional. They they, they went through that furlong when it all happened pretty strongly. He takes the sit. The other observation I made, watching the head on, a run presents itself, um, climbing star eases out fractionally and then comes back in fractionally. But it also seemed that the horse didn't want to take the run in the first yeah,
1: place. I 100% agree with you. And
0: I don't normally 100% agree with you on anything oh. in life. What's going on? But I 100% agree with you. you want some you. money?
1: <laughs> no. I thought you, you, you hit me up before yeah. we came on here. Oh, shut <laughs> up.
0: I did not. <laughs> Uh, but, but 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 the head on clearly shows the horse uh, throws his head about it goes from you know one direction to the other it seemed to resent or, or ask him, or orman ask him to go through and then of course it was good night nurse after that but i will say this um, i'm sort of doing the full circle i was a bit slow to the um, the uh, table with antino and then i was really taken by his wayne wilson win i still think antino's Got a bit to prove. Those horses yesterday, you were talking about the skirt the law race. These horses yesterday are B-graders. They're B-graders. But the problem is the run's inconclusive. Yeah, yeah. probably. And The fact that the, once he picked himself up again, he chased hard. And, of course, he probably should have won. But we don't know that, so it's inclusive. But as you said, opportunity missed or well, opportunity lost. It, well,
1: it's funny. I, I watched that race um, yesterday, and I had Damien Lane's words ring in my ears. I remember after he rode Charmstone, he sat three wide didn't mean to sit three wide, it was just where, where we ended up. And he said post-race, you know what, he said sometimes drawing barrier one or drawing on mm. the inside can be a curse. He said, you know what, if I'm sitting three wide and my horse is comfortable, it actually gives me the chance to dictate to the other horses, you know, not that there was any horse three wide in this race, but I'm just pointing out that barrier one sometimes
0: is not the Christmas present you think it is. 100%. Good day of racing at Flemington yesterday. We've covered off on that. We'll take a break. Of course, next week is the Underwood Stakes at Caulfield, the Group 1, plus the, uh, the Guineas Prelude and uh, several other black-type races. But when we come out of the break, we'll focus on Royal Randwick yesterday, particularly the win of uh, Private Eye in the Shorts and Think It Over's last stride win in the Seven Stakes. Bonaparte on the outside, hitting top gear. Look at Bonaparte, bang! Bonaparte for Archer Park. Another city win for Bonaparte and another success story for Archer Park Racing. Bonaparte being purchased as a tried horse from interstate. But the real jewel in Queensland Racing's crown is the cutest bonus scheme. And Archer Park Racing have been collecting plenty of them. An extra 24000 jumped in with recent city winners Defined Spirit and Count to Beans and Connolly earned an extra 16000 with a Gold Coast win. So it's timely that Archer Park Racing has several well-bred cutest two-year-olds available for sale and you can choose what share you want. Simply go to the website to find out more. ArcherParkRacing.com.au Archer Park Racing. It takes racing ownership to the next level. Sports Report.
1: First up this morning, big news for our national sport, cricket. Uh, cricket? The, it,
4: Sorry,
5: but our national sport what? is not cricket. Yeah, it's Aussie rules. No, it's rugby no, league. cricket was played
1: first.
0: And soccer's played the most. The probably no, played but the, the, best. Well, the world would argue yeah. swimming. We serve more than we swim. We ski I, almost no as much. as
3: Sport
2: cricket. is our sport,
3: and it's all better on the
5: TAB app. TAB. We're on. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit GamblingHelpOnline.org.au. Isn't it time you got away from it all? Time to recharge with an Ambassador Travel Racing getaway. Time to discover the magic of the Granite Belt wine country and head to the Stanthorpe Cup this October with Ambassador Travel and the Queensland Thoroughbred Owners Association. Your tour includes visits to historic Lynnhurst Stud, the beautiful Ballandina State Winery and the spectacular Queen Mary Falls National Park. Plus country racing at its best for Stanthorpe Cup Day. Call Ambassador Travel today on 07 3229 6555 or visit
2: ambassadortravel.com.au Introducing the car sales car of the year, the all electric Kia EV6. With up to 528 kilometers of range, the Kia EV6 is leading the charge. And with its ultra fast charging technology, you can charge from 10 to 80% in as little as 18 minutes. The Kia EV6. Car sales, car of the year. Find out more at kia.com.au or drop in to your nearest Kia dealer. Kia,
5: movement that inspires.
0: You're listening to
5: Radio Tabs Past the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries.
0: Well, racing at Royal Randwick yesterday and this uh, race the shorts uh, was, of course, one of the key lead-up races to the Everest, which is now only a month away. This was a million-dollar race and there were several in here vying for a slot on the Everest. Let's have a listen to the action with Darren Flindell. Josh
4: Parr's got the front and overpass by three quarters to Athelry. Remark very well positioned third. A length into Hawaii 5-0. Private Eye seeing plenty of daylight. So's Lost and Running. Buenas Notches back on the rails from In Secret. A bit cluttered up coming to the turn from Ruthless Dame. Marzou well back from Rocketing Buying Casino. Lords last of all. 3.75 to go. Overpass in front from Athelry. Private Eye on the outside of Hawaii 5-0. Remarks trying to come off the fence inside the 200 overpass still the leader boy private eye he's still coming the outside overpass from private eye one is not just late on the scene private eye going to overpass Bob of the heads eye. private eye I'd say he's got there give it to private eye a half head to overpass is not just charging into third then came remark from in secret further back Hawaii 5-0 rocketing by then came casino Lord lost and running ruthless
0: Damon Mazu. Yes, Private Eye arriving in the nick of time it was a good day at the office for Nash Rawilla for yesterday and they got the job done here, just getting over past and a very good time, one two sixty six. Sprint home was impressive, thirty-three thirty-five, and Private Eye now stakes his claim for a slot in the Everest. Of course, the race he ran second in last year to Giga Kick.
1: It's easy to say in hindsight. But how did that horse go at twelve dollars yesterday? I don't know. Do you have any idea? Like, I, don't I know. mean, seriously, I mean how could it how could Remark go at eight dollars? And Private Eye goes at $12, for instance. I mean, I could go through the field and say this, a similar thing with a few others there. That's a, It's a serious, serious horse,
0: Private Eye. Isn't it? it? Certainly is, and um, a great strike rate as well. The man who knows most about Private Eye is on the line, Joe Pride. Good morning. Good morning. Congratulations. Uh, we were just talking, you, you may have heard us say about Private Eye. The reason I love this horse so much is, you know. Good horses or top horses virtually end up in their lanes. They're either good spreaders, they're good milers, they're good stays. This horse, you could run him in a 1200 metre race, you could run him in a mile race. And like well, he won an Epsom two years ago, or thought, two years ago. So he's just wonderfully versatile.
5: Yeah, yeah, he's a, um, he's a very unique horse. And, um, you know, I've seen a few of them over the years, but they certainly don't come along every, every moment. And I guess the thing that has me on my toes is, is um, sort of judging where he's at at any one time in his career and placing him accordingly. So, mm. um, I mean, I took him out to a mile for the, um, for the Champions Mile last year, but I, I think that's when his knee started to bother him, and I backed him up. I don't think that was a fair indication. I, I still think this all could, could run a mile. Um, I'm not keen to get him there, because I'm training him as a sprinter at the moment, but um, I do think he could basically just do whatever I, I trained him to do. Um, but I'm just trying to, uh, as I say, just keep up with him and work out what's best for him. a at, at different like, It may be later in his career that I, when he loses a bit of his speed that I can train him back to, to get over a bit of ground. So.
1: Congratulations, Joe. If you had to put a percentage figure on how wound up he was going to the short yesterday, what percentage would you, would you say he was yesterday?
5: It's a tough one for me um, because I've trained him differently this time around with, uh, with, with that knee in mind, and, uh, and it's, he's perfectly sound, but I just want to keep him that way. And I've, I've been softer on him, um, in essence. So I guess comparing him to previous preparations is a little bit difficult. Um, I thought he was on tired legs the last 100 um, yesterday. Uh, He's pulled up really well, which I'm very pleased with. Um, But he's only had um, a handful of gallops. So I would say to you, I'd put it more that I think in a month's time, which is probably the next time he runs, I would say he'll be, I I would expect him to at least be two or three lengths better.
0: Is it too bold a statement for me to say that uh, during the next week coming up that uh, Private Eye will secure a slot of the Everest? No, not at all.
5: No, it should be within the next, um, if not today, tomorrow. I mean, he, he he. There's, I know there's not that many slots left, but I think probably the first three over the line. Yes, they will all find their way into the Everest. Um, so some, maybe someone holds up and waits to the, uh, waits till really late for it. But I, I would think, um, I would think those first three horses probably all, all deserve a spot in the top twelve.
1: Uh, this is going to be a bit of a silly question, but um, going into an Everest, which obviously you will do with Private Eye, and think about it. Do you, I mean, they're, they're different horses, but do you, I mean, do you have a sort of a, I mean, think about it, it's the, the new kid on the block, I suppose. Private Eye is the, is the seasoned performer. We know what he can do. But do, do you have a sort of a, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? You know what the track's going to be like, your opposition's going to be like, but do you have, have a sort of leaning towards one of those two in an everest or? Um I could be saying, but maybe I'm, uh, I don't know if I was trying to convince myself, but I, I was sort of thinking
5: Private Eye was my best chance. Um, but the more you look at, think about it, the thing about private is he's been at this on this stage before. You know he's he's been there and done it. Think about has has to 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 lift up to get to this level, um, but you can't help but think there is that level of progression in him, um, given what he's he's already done. So the the sure and safe bet is to say Private Eye, but I have a sneaking suspicion. Think about it's come back even better, and that's that's, uh, that's gonna maybe elevate him ahead of him.
0: You you mentioned before. The next time we might see him is in a month. So does that mean he goes straight to the Everest?
5: Yeah, yeah. Look,
0: it's not that I don't want to clash them in the Premier, Um, far from it.
5: And you know, I just think he'll be ready Mm. in in a month without another run. I don't not necessarily necessarily seeing the need for another run for him. Um, But I'll be having a good think about that over the next week or so. Um, He'd have he'd definitely at least have a trial. Um, But it's just it's just. A typical trainer's battled you know. How do I get the best possible version of of, of private eye um, to the Everest? So that's that's my dilemma.
0: Just refresh our minds about this knee. You mentioned you felt that was coming on in the in the cantala in the uh, the Champions Mile last year. Just just tell us the background of that again.
5: Probably overthinking that now, but it's it's it was uh, after he ran in Brisbane. Um, where he was clearly disappointing and he, he swapped leads a couple of times and he looked uncomfortable up the straight, he pulled up sore that day. Um, and it's the top joint of his right knee. Um, we x-rayed it. It's just a, there was a problem with the, sort of the bone density, if you like, uh, in that top joint and it just needed a rest and he had you know, a six-week break. And because of that, haven't had to medicate the joint or anything. It's not nothing that can be operated on. It's no chips or anything like that. Because of that, I've just trained him, as I say, a little bit, a little bit easier this time around. Um, I'm mindful it's there, you know, and yeah, it, it, um, when I say it's there, he's, he's 100% sound, but I, I, it's, it's there in the back of your mind and, and, and I think if I can have him there in a month's time without running him again, it's probably the best, the best thing for the horse and he's, um, he's so good fresh.
1: Can I ask you what you, you think of Bonus Notches? Matthew Smith's horse, which trained a third year yesterday. You you're both trained at Warwick Farm, so I'm assuming you would have seen a, a bit of this horse. I reckon that horse has, has, has got significant an upside and could end up potentially in an Everest himself.
5: Yeah, yeah. No, I think he will. Um, no, he's, he's a very good horse, and and he'll be even better if he gets a wet track. Um, He had, uh, while he was held up a little bit yesterday, he had a lovely run back on the inside, so he had a very economical run, and... um. You know, my horse sat three deep, face in the breeze. Um, he'd had a run going into it too, so he had a little fitness edge on the others. But he's a he's a very capable horse. Um, uh, this, the, I think he got a couple of kilos, obviously, there as well yesterday, which wouldn't be the case in an Everest. But look, he um, he would he would represent himself very well, I would think, on that uh, on that stage. And uh, as I say, if he gets the wet track, he's even
0: better. Tell us about think about its Warwick Farm trial.
5: Um, yeah, looks just sort of seeing his believing I guess it was it was a very good trial and um, he uh, he went into it without really you know we weren't looking to you know prove a point or make a statement it was just a little pipe opener for him and um, he just looked great um, you know was um, as I say seeing his believing it was just a, it was a really good trial
0: it's shaping as, as potentially that's, it's a, a bold statement considering what we've seen in the past but it's shaping potentially as the best Everest yet. I feel in a month's time.
5: Yeah, I just I think it's just a great concept, isn't it? Mm. You know, well, um, and, and it's, it's it's a shame that it takes away from from what's going on in Melbourne in, in in some regards because they've got you know group status on those on those sprints and it, it clearly affects uh, the field that they get for those. But um, maybe that's something to look at going forward, where um, you know we, we we don't need to necessarily clash the the dates, and but um, look, the Everest itself is just a fantastic concept. It's an amazing race to be part of. Um, And, um, you know, because the average Australian owner has lost touch with um, or lost hope in some ways of having a Melbourne Cup runner. It almost got to the point in the last 10 years where you've got to buy yourself an expensive Mm. import to get into the race. And that's not not Australian racing. Um, You know, you look at this race, my two horses... Uh, one was 60,000, the other one was yeah. 70,000, you know. Uh, they've got a bunch of, I'm not going to say battling owners, but, you know, there's there's no, there's no multi-millionaires in there and, um, and they're having the ride of their life.
0: I read a comment about you as a trainer. They said you're like a good red wine, you're getting better with age. Do you agree with that?
5: <laughs> I'm not getting sounder with age.
0: Um, you think a lot. i
5: oh, you, you should. You should. You know. You should improve as a trainer as you get older. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm just the head of a team. I'm, I'm, it's the people around me make uh, can make or break me as well. And and uh, you know, I've assembled a good team over the years. And these are, you know, it's. Um, I'd like to think though, that I'm getting better because I'm. The more good horses you have, the better you handle them. I think I. I would like to have. You know, some of my good horses I had early on over again. Mm. And I don't say that in hindsight, you know, because I could see maybe the mistakes I made, but I, I, I would just handle them better now. You, you feel a lot of pressure when you're, when you're a young trainer and you've got one good horse because you, you focus too much on, on that one horse. As, as I've got older, I've just, I've just let, uh, let things um, develop a little bit more in a bit more relaxed fashion and not tried to manipulate so much.
1: It's a shame John Singleton's um, getting rid of his horses because he came up to me on Stradbroke Day after you, you beat him. He said, geez, that Joe Pride can train, and he's a good bloke too. I've <laughs> well, been around for 20 years. He had a bit of time <laughs> to work it out, didn't he? He, he, <laughs> reckons, he, reckons people, he reckons people have been a bit slow on the uptake.
5: <laughs> oh, look, I'm, you know, I'm not... Uh... I'm not everyone's cup of tea in, in terms of not my personality, but the, the way I train my horse, you know, I'm not looking to get a... If I, um, if I don't have another... I've had one, but if I don't have another Golden Slipper on in my life, it wouldn't bother me. But, um, so, you know, that that makes me maybe not as appealing to, to a lot of breeders, um, but um, I do... I, I like what I... I like the, way, the setup I've got. I feel it gives me a little bit of an advantage and it's a bit of a niche, and, uh, yeah, happy to continue with that.
0: Great to talk to you, Joe. Thanks for joining us this morning. Great, thanks very much. Joe Pride joining us, and uh, he's a good talker, he's a deep thinker, and uh, he's going to have two horses in the Everest as well.
1: Yeah, um, and they're both going in with very, very good chances. Um, I reckon that, uh, think about it, uh, you know, as good as Private Eye was yesterday, uh, I reckon that horse, if it keeps improving, it could be something right out of the box.
0: What's that uh, horse of Matt Smith's again?
1: Buenos noches.
0: You didn't butcher it as much as you did the first time you mentioned what it. What did
1: I say the first time?
0: Oh, it was just didn't say did You just make it, this stuff didn't up. It sounded like the name of the horse. Bonus notches. Bonas. That's what I said. Let's go to, to the, uh, the, the seven stakes. This was a great finish. Epic finish between two outstanding gallopers, Zaki and Think It Over.
4: Going global at the 500 metres, coasting along in the lead by a length on Zaki. Two lengths away then. Two, think it over, starting to come into the race. Nash about to come off heels. Hasn't done so yet, then Zarek. My Obron's creeping into the race. But Zaki, Chad Gofield said go. Zaki races, two lengths clear. Think it over. Now he gets off heels. It's Zaki a length in front. Think it over's coming. Zaki in front. Think it over. Being lifted by Nash. Yes, got up. Think it over. Nail Zaki right on the line. I think my Oberon third from Zarek, Huyam Mallon, fangirl,
0: then Going Global, Fireburn, Diamola, and Rapaho. Third run back yesterday after that long spell. And uh, as Darren said on the broadcast, Nash lifting, think it over to Nail Zaki right on the line. It was a great race to watch.
1: Oh, it was bloody fantastic, wasn't it? Um... Gee whiz, that's a good horse to come back from what he's come back from. And we'll, we'll talk to Kerry Parker about that uh, shortly, hopefully. But he never actually quite looked like he was going to win to me until the mm. final stride. He just he got out and you thought, this horse has got a good run. He's going to get there. He's going to get there. Is he? Is he? Is he? Oh, not sure. Um, but just got there. And great call, I thought, from Darren Flindell. Just the uh, the urging of Nashville Willer was just the key to that win, wasn't it, in the end?
0: Zaki is... is Zaki in that alligator blood mode. Do you think?
1: Yeah, potentially.
0: Um, but you couldn't have probably wanted much more from Zaki yesterday. So well, I what reckon you do. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, look, just got nailed in the in the in the final stride. Um, yeah. Fangirl ran a good race. I mean, where she ended up. I mean, yeah. she she had none from back where she was.
0: P- purely from a, um, a an analysis point of view, if you're doing the format of the race, uh, first and second, you know, we expect that from them under the circumstances. Fangirl was at a position where she couldn't win they didn't go that hard in this race and it was a good sprint home eight. and she was you know with the cap catcher so to get as close as she did uh sectionally she was very very good so she's having a good campaign fan girl she's she's enjoying her racing and she's racing well
1: yeah absolutely i reckon there's um who is something to work with finished 7th uh, was never going to win but uh look there's there's something to like about that that import uh, it was good to see fireburn back as well i mean clearly um, you know, first up after that, I suppose you could call it a setback when it was you know, scrubbed, scrubbed by vets uh, before the Queensland Oaks, so it's good to see her back. But, yeah,
0: all credit to think it over. Yeah, nice. I imagine he'll go to the uh, the King Charles.
1: Yeah, be a good race,
0: David. 100%. That's in a month's time on October 14, along with the Everest. Okay, let's go to our next race. We'll go to the T-Rose. This is, of course, the, the path for the, the three-year-old fillies. And uh, Tis Invincible's the winner.
4: And summer loving as they turn and Tropical Squall ups the ante now. The mode Autumn ballets off the fence giving chase. Kamachi still there. Up on the inside now, Tis Invincible in restricted room. It's Tropical Squall just the leader. Tis Invincible off the fence. Kamachi the outside. It's game on in the T-Rose and Tis Invincible takes the lead from Kamachi. Tis Invincible two lengths clear from Kamachi. Tropical Squall and Tis Invincible makes it three out of three this preparation. A dominant win over Kamachi. Tropical Squall third there in the T-Rose, a gap back to the rest. French Endeavour, Private Legacy hitting the line well, getting ready for a mile. Then Summer Loving, further back to Autumn Ballet, Captain Amelia, Miss Schollean, August Bloom, Unique Ambition, Mumbai Muse, Zardozzi, Platinum Jubilee, and the roughy Nantucket Island was last in.
0: Well, there were many that were a little suspicious about uh, Tis Invincible's win in the Rosebud. Me. Uh, <laughs> Then she won the Furious, and Me. she's done. <laughs> and she's done again yesterday.
1: <laughs> yeah. so she's just she's too good. She's I'm a at, winner. Yeah, she is. And I mean, I must admit again, I doubted her at fourteen hundred yesterday. These I am Invincibles. I just sort of thought, you know what? Do I want to be taking three dollars twenty when I'm I'm unconvinced? She'll get a you know a strong fourteen hundred, but. Gee whiz, she did. Uh, Flight stakes, the group one, 1,600, can she get it? You wouldn't say she couldn't off yesterday, but I thought that was, and admittedly, he was aided by a favourable barrier, but that was an absolutely superb ride from this young apprentice, Zach Lloyd. It was precision, and, yeah, he was probably on the best horse in the race, Um, but you know what? He's a young kid riding in a, a big group two race, uh, just did everything right, I thought. Gee whiz, I
0: know it, it's a, it's an obvious statement. He's got some sort of future, this kid, mm. doesn't he? Some will, will argue that Komachi can turn the tables of the flight stakes because they'll go to the mile. Komachi didn't have as good a run as Tiz Invincible did yesterday, but I still thought visually that you know, Tiz Invincible had the edge on Komachi, but they'll pair off again. There may have been horses uh, in the beaten division there that will, will appreciate the mile, and they'll be at fair odds. I heard Darren mention Private Legacy, who ran six. There was a, a $91 chance. But I think with this Princess series, in the end, uh, the cream rises to the top, and I think we're seeing that with Tis Invincible and Komachi being the best, and, and uh, more than likely they'll be the big guns of the market and the flight. Miss Jolene, the Queenslander, surprisingly, she was outside lead. She's normally a... Horse who likes to settle and run on. Kyle Wilson Taylor got suspended for two weeks, the course of interference to Camachi. So, uh, not a good day for Kyle, but uh, she dropped out, Miss Jolie. But maybe being ridden that way wasn't uh, entirely suitable for her. Let's continue. We'll go to the Bill Ritchie. This was the, the second last race of the day. Here's the replay.
4: Coming to the turn, Tamer Lane in front from Wild Planet. Redena in a stalking position. A length and a half further back to Converge and Cuban Real as they come up the rise now. It's Tamer Lane being tested here by Wild Planet. Redena got tight for room, so Converge got going. Wild Planet pouring the pressure onto Tamer Lane. Redena has shoved its way off the fence to give chase, put Converge out of play. And Redena takes the lead at the 150 and has drawn clear Redena Two lengths in front. Cuban Real's charging home. Radina's going to win the Bill Ritchie. Cuban Real second, Wild Planet third, followed by other Tame or Converge for fourth. Further back to Arameo, Barbies Fox, Silentia making some ground. Further back, Political Debate, The Fortune Teller, and My Whisper.
0: Well, this horse, Redina, on Stradbroke Day, many of us thought might have been lucky to beat Yellow Brick in the uh, in the the Gun Sin, but maybe not because there is Redina. First up, since that win, uh, getting a good trip in transit and, and winning first up,
1: yeah, the great man Max Whitby there is colours, of course. He's a Gold Coast resident these days, so we'll claim him as a Queenslander. A Lovely ride there from Cathy O'Hara, but yeah, I reckon we may uh, have underrated this horse, and it makes that Yellow Brick form uh, look really good, doesn't it? Because, like, let's face it, um, yeah, if that race the, the guns in, wasn't it? Um, yeah. was guns in. If that was run again, uh, I reckon Yellow Brick w- would have this horse's measure eight or nine times out of ten. It was just one of those things on the day, the way the, the race panned out. And, of course, we'll see Yellow Brick first up uh, in the Wheatwood Handicap. Jimmy, uh, next Saturday, Jimmy Ullman will be looking for some redemption, obviously, after going to Melbourne and uh, yeah, ending up on the wrong side of Antino there. So he will ride Yellow Brick. Can't wait to see him back. Should be a good Wheatwood, I think.
0: Last replay out of Royal Rambeck yesterday is the Group 3 Kingston Town, this former import just fine was the favourite and a very impressive winner.
4: Just fine now, made the move inside the 400 metres and just fine, taken to the front by Baylis and now he winds it up. Benno Modofilia chasing, says so Major Bill back towards the inside but just fine, inside the 200 is going boldly just fine from Benno Modofilia. they can't get there, just fine. The European imports going to go back to back and does it in style again. Benno kicked on well for second in front of Modofilia. followed in by Protagonist, then came Major Bill Sky Laballabere next from Navajo Peak. Further back to Knight's Order, he got very tired from Bold Mac Zoyce and King Frank Oller and Kamora Week and right out of it. Good horse, the
0: winner. And I agree with Darren, good horse because good horses run good times. That horse ran 2 minutes for the 2,000 metres. It was only a smidgen outside of the track record. So, second run for Waterhouse and Bot two from two in Australia. Where they head, not 100% certain, but wherever he goes, he'll make his presence felt. Uh, I thought Mottafilia was average in third. They were the highlights from Royal Randwick yesterday. We go to Rosehill Gardens next Saturday. And of course, the Golden Rose, the Group 1 feature for the three year olds at 1400 metres. Well, we're well on the home straight I'm past the post. Of course, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Let's go to Eagle Farm. We'll have listened to Ben's favourite race yesterday. This is Insta Good scooting up to the inside to win Race 7 the 600 metres, Zabo in control Borelli up on its outside and Ventura has to do it the tough way, 3-1 as they approach the turn. Rothko parked in fourth, then Minnows Doro followed by sunny days, Instagood Show Me Mercy busting into the clear and Miss Cooner is trying to go with it In the home straight though, Borelli on the outside went up to Zabo, Instagood's getting up on the inside, then came Rothko followed by Ventura, it's under pressure and Show Me Mercy's got plenty of work to do down below the 100 metres, Instagood went along the inside, took the lead, Birelli Borelli trying to go with it. Instagood in front, moving away. Too good. Instagood first, second Borelli. Third, either Show Me Mercy or Rothko. Then came at the head of the others, Zabo, Ventura, Middows, Doro, Miskuda and Sunny Days is last. Shortest way home is via the inside and that's where Damien Thornton plotted his path with Instagood and she's a good filly. It's only a third career start.
1: Yeah, you'll be impressed. Though. I noted it in the paper today too, David. The sizzling section. Was I saw late. it. Did you see that one? <laughs> I don't miss anything. I saw it. <laughs> no, look. I thought this win was uh, was very good. I mean, like she started her career um, with a boaters at maiden win not so long ago. I thought she was unlucky, arguably unlucky to start before. Um, uh, yeah, like this. You know, I know we're off season. It's hard to get too excited about much racing in Queensland at this time of year. Uh, I must admit, you know, I haven't really been up and about going to the races the last three or four weeks. You know, there's races all the time, isn't there? But there's nothing to get too excited about. I reckon this girl's got a bit of a future, though. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. She's done nothing wrong. She probably got under the radar to some degree by winning at Bow Desert at her first start, which, of course, you don't see Tony Golland take too many horses there. Uh, Show me mercy, heavily backed, uh, ended up in a, a pretty nasty spot, but that was always on the cards. We knew that he was going to be ridden quietly off the wide gate. Wheeler was very desperate to get to the outside. Maybe if he persevered along the inside, it may have been a different result. Maybe not, but... Um now, you're in the Archer Park camp. Tell us a bit about this horse, because both, both of its last starts, one
1: on the Sunshine Coast, obviously, um, last month's absolutely truck-loaded in bedding. Uh, to a lesser extent yesterday, but $2.35 into $1.90. And I saw it in the run to the Rose Noms a couple of weeks ago and obviously didn't accept. But, I mean, that they've obviously got
0: a very high opinion of this. Well, horse. I certainly have. And, and, and what, he's, what he had done at the Sunshine Case, I think, vindicates that. He'd run time. He looked good. He's a good-looking horse too and shown plenty on the, on the, the training tracks. But, yeah, I've got to say maybe I rated him a little too highly. Uh, his run was good. Very good, judge said to me after the race. If if it wasn't a dollar ninety, chance you'd say it was a very good run. But you know, yeah, it's because, interesting, isn't it? How because they're short, you, you you tend to uh, beat mark them harder. Anyway, there'll be another day for show me mercy. Let's go to our final replay. Here's a horse in great form. Hard to say. Three on the trot yesterday. To approach the 600 metres, the leader was Hold On Honey with Asamu sitting up second. Third on the outside was Gemelon Bolt. Hard to say. Fourth the rail. Maximum output will trail into the straight. Ridden for luck to the inside. Then Shamaton. Nashira with a lot of work to do. And Red Ruby turned in last. In the straight. Hold On Honey. Hold On Honey leads the way. Hard to say up the inside. Then came Asamu. Maximum output with a lightweight starts to put in. Then came Gemelon Bolt. It's still Hold On Honey in front. On the inside. Hard to say is almost level, maximum output in third hold on honey, hard to say, hard to say the inside, goes home best hard to say, beat home, hold on honey, maximum output, Red Ruby then Nashira, Asamu Shamaton and Jemalon Bolt 3 from 3 this campaign for Jason neema and Ashley Morgan was the winning rider and as we alluded to earlier, we head to, well you head to Toowoomba next week for the, the Wheatwood, the Toowoomba Cup the Guineas, it'll be a good day up there and hopefully fine weather.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make a disgraceful admission
0: I was talking to Tony Sears yesterday at Yellow Brick,
1: and I said, uh, have a guess how many Wheatwoods I've, I've been to. He said, oh, because well, you know, I've been probably covering racing for 10 or 11 years now. Uh, he said, oh, well, it's three or four. Have a guess how many I've covered. None. Zero. I'll be making my Wheatwood debut. I can't wait. I can't wait. Just someone give me a map so I can find it, please.
0: You'll find it. I'm sure you will. Good on you, mate. Talk to you on Press Room tomorrow. Thanks, David. Ben Dory's joining me this morning. Thanks for your company, folks, on Past the Post and look forward to being with you again next week. But, of course, I'll be with you on Press Room tomorrow. Have a good day. Bye-bye.